Appreciate that song, the old rugged cross, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 this morning, and we're going to be looking there in verse 30. And uh, I want to begin a series on the church and understanding the church. There's misunderstandings and misconceptions concerning the church. So let's stand here this morning and with the help of the Lord, I want to preach on where did the church began. Where did the church begin? Chapter 5 of Ephesians, we'll begin reading there. And any time when you want to find anything where it began, you'll have to go back to Genesis. And we'll find ourselves there this well this morning. But let's read here because Paul, who is writing to the church of Ephesus, has made mention right here something that has been told to us already in Genesis. He says in verse 30, chapter 5 of Ephesians, For we are members of his body, the church he's talking about, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Verse 32 is interesting because all that's being said in chapter 5 in this part of Scripture is determined in context right here. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you, God, that you'll work within my heart this morning. God, you'd fill me with your spirit. Pray that you'd anoint me, dear God, from the unction of the Holy Ghost. We pray, Lord, that you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. God, help this, this, this morning to know exactly the church and where did it come from. Father, that we may accept the truth and, God, we may be set free. We're asking now, Lord, to move in every heart and every soul that you'd open the eyes of those that are blind. God, remove, dear God, from those that are deaf and, God, remove the scales from the heart, dear God, of those that are cold and indifferent. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. So Paul, and interestingly, as we go to a lot in this chapter, chapter 5, starting around verse 22, maybe verse 21, we start talking about relationships of husband and wife. And we use that a lot, and I wouldn't say that it was wrong to be used as that, I do say that, that, that what Paul is saying in the context of the Scripture is identified, all that he says is identified in verse 32 when he says, this is a great mystery, I speak. What are you saying, Paul? Well, what I just said, I speak. What I've just told you, I speak. What I've just have given to you that God's given to me because up to this point it's been a mystery. It's concerning the church and Christ. And this morning, I want to go back to Genesis. That's Genesis chapter 2, and we'll come back to Ephesians here uh, a little bit later on. But Acts chapter 2 and verse 18, where Paul quotes from this chapter, from this verse, talking about the church. Now, isn't it interesting that Paul is saying about a husband and about a wife and about those things concerning a marriage this morning 
and yet he references the church and Christ, and then he mentions uh, in the way of a quote uh, here in chapter 2. And so where did the church come from? It come right here out of Genesis chapter 2. That's where it came from. And we see there in verse 18, as we read together this morning, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Out of the ground, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Well, Adam had some power and authority. And Adam gave names to all cattle and the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. You want to know where all the names like cow and horse and pig and, and red bird and blue bird came from? Right here. And uh, we find uh, that he says there in that verse uh, 20, And Adam gave the names to all cattle, fowl of the air, and every beast of the field. For all Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, isn't it interesting this morning that the same words that are used for a marriage is the same words that are used for a church and Christ? Isn't it also strange this morning that God would take a marriage and say that in a marriage it will identify and describe and demonstrate what the relationship between the church and Christ is. Isn't it something this morning in the way in which we live on a side note that they say that there can be a marriage of a man and a man, a woman and a woman. That cannot be so in the mind and heart of the Word of God. Because the Bible says that he has made male and female and the woman and the man and how all that came to creation. There is no place, friend, according to the Bible in the mind and heart of God if the marriage of a man and a woman is to resemble and demonstrate the church and Christ. Amen. So that thought, that theory, that lie is thrown out uh, of our world today and every world that will ever be for now on cannot, will not be acceptable with God nor His church. So we find that on a side note. We know, number one, this morning that the church, according to the Scripture, is the helpmeet of Christ. The church is the helpmeet of Christ. We see that in verse 18. It says, The Lord God said, It is not good that man that's Christ, should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Now, who does God say that he's going to make a helpmeet for? He's going to make a helpmeet for him, which is the, the husband, right, which is the man. And so the church this morning is the helpmeet of Christ. We also see that same word uh, that's mentioned there in verse 20. 
It says, but for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. Do you know in all the world and all that has been born and all that's been created, the only helpmeet to Christ is the church. The only helpmeet to Christ today is the church. No other religion, no other of uh, uh, maybe of a of some sort of a uh, uh, Bible term or Bible figure or or someone that might think this morning, morning only the church this morning is the helpmeet to Christ. God chose that, and God said uh, that it was. Now, what is a helpmeet, though? What is the very word helpmeet mean? And what does it? And how does it apply to us that is the church this morning? Well, the word helpmeet, if you study it out and you look for what it was, it means that the church is the manifestation of Christ. Whenever there's a helpmeet and the woman is the helpmeet of the man, it means that the woman will manifest the man. That's what helpmeet means. It means that woman would bring out would, would show forth what that man was. That's a helpmeet according to the Scripture. In other words, the church is the manifestation of Christ. Christ's love will be manifested through the church. You'll not see the Christ's love through anything else except through His church. Amen? Christ's love is manifested through His church. Christ's mercy is manifested through His church. The world knows nothing of God's mercy. God, the world knows nothing of God's grace of God's love except the church amen the church is the manifestation of the grace of God is the manifestation of the mercy of God and of the love of God the church this morning is the helpmeet of Christ it is one that will manifest to the world and to all the world of who Christ is amen number two that word help mean means not a manifestation but it means revelation. So Christ this morning will be revealed only through the church, which is his help me. If you want to know Christ's heart this morning, you're going to know his church. Amen. For that will reveal Christ's heart is the helpmeet of Christ is the church this morning. To know his heart this morning is to be in the church. That's who knows the heart of Christ this morning. The world knows nothing of the heart of Christ. Government knows nothing of the heart of Christ. Hell knows nothing of the heart of Christ. The church is the one that reveals the heart of Christ. Number two, uh, revelation of Christ in Christ's mind. Only one who knows anything about the mind of Christ is the church. Nobody else knows anything about the mind of Christ. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is the church and the world's looking upon uh, uh, Christ today. And only way they will understand and know the mind and the heart and they will know the spirit of Christ is the church. And help me, a one who's a woman, the helpmeet is not the man. The helpmeet is the woman. The woman's the church is a helpmeet unto the man. And the man this morning will be, will be revealed through the helpmeet. It will be revealed through the one that God has given that man. It will also be manifested by that helpmeet of the man. 
If you want to know the man, you know the woman. Amen. If you want to know the man and what the man is all about, you'll know the woman that God gave the man to. Amen. We find this morning, number three, that the word help me, not only means manifestation and revelation, but it means exaltation. The church is the exaltation of Christ. It Christ's beauty. You know who has the Christ beauty and knows Christ's beauty? The church. The world has no clue of Christ's beauty. The devil has no clue of no clue. Of the demons have no clue. The world, the enemy, the pagan, the heathens, all religions have no value. They have no absolutely understanding of Christ's value, of Christ's beauty today. But the church is the exaltation of Christ. The Christ beauty. Also, secondly, Christ's honor. The exaltation of Christ in the way that he's honored. The world would know the exaltation of Christ by his helpmeet. And that helpmeet is the church today. And it will bring forth the honor of Christ. As much as the church honors Christ is what the world will see about Christ's honor. Number three. We find that the church exaltation of Christ in Christ's praise. If there's going to be praise to Christ, it's coming from the church. If there's going to be praise about Jesus Christ, it's coming out of his church. If there's going to be any way of type of celebration of Christ, it's coming from his church. The church is the helpmeet to Christ this morning in the way of manifestation, in the way of revelation. In the way of exaltation. And then fourthly, the church is the communication of Christ. Now that's what these words mean when you go to help me. You study it out, you'll find it be so. We find the church is the communication of Christ. To announce his salvation is the church, the help me. The help me is one that announces about the whom they're helping. Amen. It's the wife. It's the woman who's announcing of the man and of the husband. And that's the same way it is here with Christ in his church this morning. It's the Christ uh, that we are announcing of. We announce of his salvation. We don't speak nothing of us. We speak all of him. Amen. It's him and his salvation. We announce not only his salvation, but we explain his gospel. His church is the one that brings explanation. It brings knowledge. It brings an understanding of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the colleges. It's not the schools. It's not the governments. It's not the world. It's the church that brings the explanation of the gospel. It announces his salvation. It explains his gospel. It declares his cross. It's the church, the helpmeet of Christ that goes around the world declaring that you must come to the cross. It's declaring that at the cross Jesus died for sinners. At the cross uh, it was where the sins uh, were forgiven. It was at the cross where he made the change in the heart of man. It was at the cross this morning where we find victory in Christ Jesus. And it's the church that declares that. Amen. You stay with me. No, I know it's a little different this morning. You probably never heard that the church was the helpmeet of Christ. You heard it this morning, though. We find, fifthly, not only is the church the manifestation and the revelation and the exaltation and the communication, but the church is the explanation. The church is the explanation of Christ because we're the helpmeet to Christ, and that means this morning that we explain His character. 
If anybody wants to know the character of Christ, look at the church. Amen. Where else do you go to find the character of Christ? The church, the help me. Not only do you describe, explain his character, but you explain his nature. How does the world know anything about the nature of God? How does anybody know the nature of Christ? The church. The church, the help me. How about the integrity of Christ? That's what the church does as a help me. We explain these things. Now the word help there, it means to surround. It means to protect or to aid. And so if you put that in context of this morning, that God said that I'm going to give to this man a help meet. And that the help means I'm going to surround him. I'm going to aid him. I'm going to protect him. And who are you going to do that with, God? I'm going to do it with the woman. And for if we put it into our own marriages, God said, I'm going to give you a wife, and that wife will surround you, man. That wife will protect you, man. That wife will aid you, man. As a wife this morning, are you that? But as a church this morning, that's what we are to Christ. We're to surround him. We're to protect him. We're to aid him. A help meet. That's what that word help means. Now what's the word meet means? Well, the word meet means, it means what is in front of. And so when you have a man and you have a wife or a woman or you have a husband and you have a wife, that wife would be the one who stands in front of him and saying, if you want to know anything about him, I'll let you know. The word meet means a perfect resemblance of himself. You getting this? A perfect resemblance of himself. That's what a meet means. Help meet. A lot of women go around bragging about she's the help meet to her husband. Do you even know what that means? Why you're lambasting him and why you're talking to your family about him and why you're lowering him to others at work and, and why are you throwing him in the gutter, friend? You're not the helpmeet that God has designed for. But the helpmeet that God has designed for Christ is his church, which is a perfect resemblance of himself. Are you resembling Christ today? It means one like himself in form constitution disposition and affections that's what help me means one who's like himself it means one suitable to his nature be a helpmate you really want to be one when somebody asks you to marry you hey will you marry me and be my helpmate you better know what this means you better understand friend what you're fixing to take on you're fixing to take on that man, you're going to be suitable to him. We find in the society in which we live today, it's not like, it's not like the Bible teaches any longer. We find that that word means a, counter, a counterpart. That that one who is a helpmate is a counterpart. It means a fitting match. It means a sustainer of him. And so that help me is a sustainer of her husband. 
if that husband's going to sustain, if that husband's going to maintain, if that husband's going to be all that he ought to be, if that husband's going to achieve all that God hasn't achieved, he's going to need a help meet to be the sustainer of him. That's what the church is for Christ, a sustainer. It means a strengthener of him. A helpmate strengthens, strengthens the one whom she's helped me for. The church is one who has strengthened Christ. To advance the purpose and intent of him. That's what that means in the word helpmate. To advance the purpose and intent of him. See, when you become married and you become a helpmate to your husband, that husband has an intent and a purpose of life, and it's you that don't go against it. It's you that don't change it. It's you that makes it hard and difficult, but it's you that helps them advance it. I'm talking about a helpmate this morning. And we can take it both ways. You can say, that's church and spiritual way. Am I advancing the purpose and intent of my Lord? Or you could take it in a physical way, and am I, in, am I advancing the purpose and intent of my husband? You make choice. I don't know. But we find this morning, in the way of help made, it means, last, it means lastly a helper of him. Tonight, or this morning, you're considered as the, uh, the word of God is you are a helper of Christ. Did you know that? Did you know this morning that you're a helpmeet to Christ? That you are really important in this thing called church? The church this morning is the one this morning that's a perfect resemblance of him. He's, it is a one who's in front of. If they're going to see Christ, they're going to see the church first. It is a one who's like himself in form and constitution and disposition and affections. It's one who's suitable to his nature. He's fitting a match, a counterpart, a sustainer of him, a strengthener of him to advance his purpose and intent of him, a helper of him. Are you the church's helper this morning? Are you? Before the church, Christ was alone. What did he have? Oh, he had Judaism. Oh, yeah, Judaism. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that he came unto his own, and his own did what? Received him not. He was alone. He's not in Buddhism. He's not in Hinduism. He's not in Islam. He's not in, in religion of those matters of Eastern religions. He's not in Eastern Western religions. Uh, he is only in the church. And friend, it was God that said to his son, Son, I'm going to make you a bride. I'm going to make you a helpmeet. And God will make him a helpmeet. Amen. Church is the helpmeet of Christ. I hope you'd agree with that. I know you probably say, Brother Larry, you kind of look into that a little bit too far. Well, go ahead and. Show me where I went wrong. Number two, not only is the church the helpmeet of Christ, but the church is the rib of Christ. The church is the rib of Christ. We see it back into our text right here. God said in verse 18, and God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Well, how are you going to do that, Lord? How are you going to do that, God? 
the way he said there in verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made he a woman and brought her unto the man. What did he make? He made a church. The woman is the church. The man is Christ. What happened here? Well, we find that there was a death. We find that the death of the saints are called sleep. Is that true? The Bible says that when we get saved, we're passed from death unto life. The Bible teaches in 1 Thessalonians that those that are asleep in Christ first shall arise, and those that are after shall remain, shall meet him in the air, right? So all through the Bible, a saint of God never dies. Here we find that Adam slept, but he had a deep sleep. And it was Jesus Christ that died on the cross of Calvary so that the gospel could be given, amen, and the rib of our Lord was given by the way of death. And that Adam had to go into a deep sleep. And Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was buried and Jesus resurrected. We find that to be so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn there with me if you don't mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to show this to you, uh, according to the Bible, uh, that how Jesus had to die, and he did die. He did, and he was buried, and he resurrected. But here in this chapter, uh, uh, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, Moreover, brethren, verse 1, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, where it, by which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. How he was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Look at chapter 15 and look in verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that sleep. S-L-E-P-T. That's what he did there in Genesis. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. How did the woman Eve come alive? Through Christ. Through Christ. It was Christ that God took upon his rib, and out of his rib came life of a woman. Well, out of the death of cross of Calvary, he died for you and I in our sin. And you and I that are dead in sin and trespasses can only come alive whenever God, the Lord Jesus, makes us alive in him through his death, burial, and resurrection. So we find this morning very clear, very clear, very plain this morning about Jesus uh, is the one and the church is the rib of Jesus. The gospel is given. Number two, the bride is given. We find that in, the, in chapter 2 of Genesis in verse uh, 22, in the rib which the Lord God had taken from a man, and he made a woman. And we find this morning uh, that that's where the church came to be, is that he gave him a bride. Christ, the church comes out from Christ. The church calls Christ. 
the church this morning that you and I are, if you're saved and washing the blood of the Lamb, and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, and you got a reservation in heaven this morning, and you know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that you repented of your sins, and you turned to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, and believed upon Him, you can be saved, the Bible says. And if that's you this morning, the church this morning, it is that you and I have become a bride of Christ through the way of the rib that Jesus had to pay for. For our becoming the church, it costs Jesus. For a woman to become forth, it costs him his rib. For the church to come forth, it's going to cost him his life. Did you know the church was a rib of Christ? I didn't know that. I'm just learning that these days. I've only been preaching for, I don't know, 30 some odd years and I'm just now learning some of these things. And so if I'm the church is the rib of Christ, the gospel is given. The bride is given. And then the church is carried to Christ. You see that there in verse 22? And brought her unto the man. Do you know as the bride of Christ is supported, the bride didn't come to the groom? Uh, did you know that you didn't go out seeking a groom? You didn't go out seeking a Savior? You didn't go out seeking the Lord? The Lord sought you, amen? It was the Father that drew you unto Himself. It was the Father that drew you unto His Son. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men into myself this morning. And there ain't nobody in this room who's the bride of Christ. And anybody who's saved by the glorious blood of the Lamb has ever come to God on your own you've always been drawn the father this morning is the one who has brought this woman to Adam it was the father that brought us to Jesus we say this morning not only is the gospel given and the bride given but the marriage is given we see that that marriage is given here in the scripture there in verse 23 and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be of one flesh. Can I say this concerning this marriage, that Jesus left heaven for a bride. Just like this man would have left his father and mother, in verse 24, the woman didn't leave her father and mother even though she needs to. The man left the father and the mother. We see that in John chapter 6. Turn that with me because I want you to have the scripture references to this. John chapter 6 and there in verse 38. The Bible says very plainly concerning our Lord. John chapter 6 in verse 38. It says, For I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which have given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again in the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. We find that Jesus came from heaven. He came down from the Father. The Bible says there in Corinthians uh, that Jesus, who was rich, he became poor. And that through his poverty that we may become rich. It was God, Jesus, in, in John chapter 17, 
that he finished the work that God sent him to go. And Fred, he came to Father and said, Father, glorify thy son as it was from the beginning. So we find now that Jesus has come down. And he's come down from the Father's house. And he come, he left heaven or he leaves heaven for a bride. And then the Bible says in Genesis 2 and verse 24, And shall cleave unto his wife. He shall cling unto his wife. When Jesus came down and you received Christ as your Lord and Savior, it wasn't that you cleaved to him, it's that he cleaved to you. Woo! I'm just telling you this morning, dear friend. It wasn't you and I holding on. It wasn't you and I putting a joint on. It wasn't you and I putting, old, putting our arms around his neck and having a, in a lock hold. It was him clinging to us. It was him cleaving to us. It was him that was coming to us. It was him that held us. We are kept by the power of God. We are kept by the Lord this morning. We're kept by the blood of the Lamb. We are kept by him. We shall never, ever, ever be left alone. He says in Matthew 28, verse 19 he said I shall never leave you amen even until the end of the world ran many times if we would let go that we would leave God that we'd walk away from Christ. We're all like sheep that gone astray. Afraid we're left alone today. We'll go about our own way. But we can't be left alone. And God Himself, Jesus is His name. He has cleaved unto us. Can I say that we, the church, is the rib? The rib of Christ. <laughs> the gospel was given, the bride was given, the marriage was given. Jesus left for the bride. He cling unto the bride. And what happened in verse 24, the Bible says, and they become one flesh. He says in verse 23, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Don't forget what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about where did the church come from. It came from Genesis chapter 2. And you are out today in 2023. Has it been for all of those years through those years that you and I are standing here in the presence of the world, the devil and hell. And we're looking at them. They're looking at us. And they say, who in the world are you? We say, we're the church. They say, well, so what? What's the church? Oh, the church is his flesh. The church is his bones. Amen. The church is his body. And that's what you are this morning. Don't walk out of here with your head down. Don't walk out of here ashamed. Don't walk out of here if you're some pulper. Walk out of here with your head up. That's the body, the flesh, and the very one that's his bones this morning. That's what the church is. So whenever you go out, you go out his flesh. You go out as his bones. You go out as him this morning. And you don't ever forget that. Being the church is just not coming to church. 
Being the church is just not doing the ten good things and the twelve bad things. Uh, the church is not just those who give their offerings and come in here and sing the song. And church is not those who just come and read the Bible and pray a prayer or sit in the auditorium and raise your hand and shout it out. Oh, but the church is the bones. The church is the body. The church is the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I become one Hallelujah. in Christ. That's the church. That's the church. We're not talking about somebody who's just nothing. We're talking about somebody who's something. I mean, we're talking about the God of God and the Lord of Lords. We're talking about this morning, uh, the one who's the, who's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the I Am. He's the first and the last this morning. Uh, he's the one this morning uh, that is God in the flesh and dwelt among us. And we are Him. And He is us. Hallelujah. We're one in Christ. Man, <laughs> there's something about that this morning that we ought to know. The marriage is given. John 17, if you turn there with me this morning in the Word of God, I, I hope you're sticking with me. hope you don't already, didn't already cut me out. John chapter 17 and verse 17. John chapter 17, verse 11. And now I am more in the world. And now I am no more in the world. But these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Chapter 17, look at verse 21. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou givest me I give, have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Is it not clear this morning that where Jesus is at, you're at? And where you're at, Jesus is at. Is it not clear this morning uh, that you, as the bride of Christ, is one with Christ this morning? Don't leave the church of God this morning without knowing that Christ and you are one. I believe if you knew that, you'll be back tonight. I believe you'll be back tonight. Can I say here this morning, Paul experienced this. Look at Acts chapter 9 with me, just kind of give you some confirmation, because I don't want you to leave out of here with doubts in your heart concerning this oneness with Christ. But Acts chapter 9, and look in verse 4. Paul experienced this. He says, and he fell to the earth, Acts 9 verse 4. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now Jesus has already died and buried and resurrected and ascended to heaven. Jesus is not here on a physical state, but he is here. And he says to Paul, who now he was Saul, he said, Sir, why are you persecuting thou me 
Now, who is he persecuting? Is he really persecuting Jesus? Again, Jesus has already ascended to heaven. But let's look at chapter 8, verse 1. The Bible declares a little bit more. He says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, that at the time there was a great person against the what? The church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions, Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And chapter, chapter 9, verse 4, why persecutest thou me? I tell you why. Because the church is healed. Yes, Lord. Yes. That's why. And we find this morning another explanation. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. And Jesus himself gives us this understanding. You know, our Bible teaches are two or three establishes a matter. Here's number two. Chapter 25 and verse 34. Chapter 25, verse 34. Out of Matthew, Jesus explains this. Paul experienced this. But the Bible says, Then shall the king say unto him on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hunger. Now Jesus is speaking here, so he's talking about himself. For I was a hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you gave me, you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the kingdom, or shall, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungry, fed thee, and thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, or clothed thee? Or when saw we the sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, and so much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my what? Brethren. That's the church. That's the righteous. That's the saved. He said, we are one. You can't separate us. What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Oh, what is it? He said, ah, my sheep, I know them. They hear me. And they follow me. And I will give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. And no man shall pluck them out of my hands. And my Father who is greater than all. Shall never be plucked out of their hands. I'm just saying this morning. The marriage. The marriage. Can I say that not only are you a help to Christ. If you're the church. But you are a rib of Christ. Amen. See what time? Oh, I got plenty of time. Number three. I only got three points this morning, Brother Keith. I'm on the third. Number three. The church this morning is the family of Christ. We found there in Genesis. Go back to Genesis. I love that, that just way of saying that. Go back to Genesis. The Bible says that they shall be one flesh. In verse 24, so they became a family. You have to agree with that, right? We find his wife, that means he's a husband, husband and wife. It kind of just represents family. And so we find a family. The church is the family of Christ. And we find that in chapter 3 of Genesis, look in verse 20. It says, and Adam said, and Adam called his wife name Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. 
So let's kind of examine this for just a moment. If there's nobody ever been born that hasn't come through Eve. She's the mother of all living. Will we have to agree with that? There's not another atmosphere. There's not another Mars and Jupiter and Saturn. And, and there's no other group of people out there that did not come through Eve. Every single person who's ever been born has come through Eve. Because the Bible says, and I just believe the Bible, that she's the mother of all living. So, if anybody's ever going to heaven, they've got to come through the church. Right? Because the church is the wife. And the church is where anyone and everybody who wants to know God has got to come through the church. Amen? I'm not talking about coming over here and joining the church. I'm talking about becoming the church. I'm not talking about coming out here and giving your tithes and getting baptized in the church and being doing good works and hoopalling this, that, and the other and shaking and baking for God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about becoming a saved, a, a washed in the blood, one who is the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, one who is looking upon Him as their Lord and their Savior, and that right there will get you into heaven. Amen. So all individuals who ever are going to go to heaven is going to have to come through the church. I'm just saying that no one goes to heaven except through the church. No one becomes a child of God except through the church. No one becomes to the Father except through the church. Only sinners come to Jesus with the church. You have to be the church in order to be saved, in order to go to heaven. Genesis chapter 1, looking at verse 27. The Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. He just made male and he made female. That's all he made. That's all he made. He made nothing more, nothing less. That's all that's necessary and needed. And God blessed them. Who did he bless? The male and the female. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful Multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Can I say this concerning the church, the family of Christ? Bringing in the fruit of God. It was Adam and Eve who was told to do what? To be, to be fruitful. Right? As a husband and wife in a family, that's the normal process. Right? Have children. To be fruitful. What's the natural process of the church and its groom? To be fruitful. To be fruitful. And when the church and Christ are together, friend, there will be fruit and the world will come to know Christ because that fruit will supply the world. Jesus and Christ will supply the world with salvation and grace and mercy. And that's how the world gets one for Christ. Christ and the church. Hallelujah. Fruitful. Fruitful. Anything that's not fruitful is dead. Fruitful. We find this morning, number bringing in the fruit of God, but we notice that He empowers Him. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 28, and God blessed them. 
He blessed Christ and the church and said to them, I empower you. And I want you to bear children just like you. That's what that word fruitful means. It means bearing the same. Bearing the same. And so here we have a marriage. Romans chapter 7 and verse 4 tells us of being married to him that has risen from the dead and to bear fruit. Amen. You can look that up. Romans 7, 4 if you want to look at it. The Bible says here that we're going to bear fruit. He says, go, I empower you. I give you the privilege and the honor. I bless you. You and the church go forth into all the world. And you bear children like you. Yeah. That's what the word fruitful means. But then he says this. Not only to bear fruit like you, but then he says multiply. Bear many children like you. Bear many children like you. You know the churches of this age, in the last age, like the church of Laodiceans this morning, and other ones are, are full of apostasy and full of wrong and full of untruth today. What they have done is they have created a birth control. Yeah. They're doing everything and anything else to bring them in. They're trying to do things that are on the side. They're trying to do things that are outside the Word of God. They're trying to bring in the world's gadgets and glitter and gold and silver. They're trying to do anything and everything in order to bring them in. But God said, that's not how you bring them in. You bring them in because I have empowered the church in Christ. And they shall bear children just like them, but they shall bear many. Multiply. And then he said, replenish. Replenish. Bear all children like you. Replenish. You know what God wants this morning? He wants this whole world to be the church. He's not interested in any other religion. He's not interested in any others. Bear children just like the church in Christ. Bear many just like the church in Christ. And then replenish the earth with those who are like Christ and the church. Hey, man, I hope when you walk out of here, you might feel like you kind of somebody. Can I say here, this morning, secondly, not only does he empower them, but he elevates them. He says in chapter 1, verse 28, and subdue it. Subdue it. Christ in his church has power. Don't underestimate the church today. I know we got balloons coming out of China. I know the old, the old small, wide little fella out of North Korea been missing for a little while. He finally showed up at his parade. And I know that we got a president who don't have no clue about what's going on. And I know we got congressmen who are full of the devil. We got uh, senators that love money and themselves. And I know today that we've got our worlds full of sin and debauchery and depravity. Come back tonight, we'll hear more about that. But can I say this this morning? Christ and his church, God said, subdue the world. You got power. Now, there ain't nobody in all the world that can fall on their knees before God and begin to summon 
the God of this universe. The God who created the world. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And began to talk to him as if he's right there. And began to request of him and bring our petitions unto him. And let him know the heart that he's already read. And the needs that he already knows. And the troubles that he's already aware of. No other God can be touched with our infirmities as He is this morning. We've got power. The one who we're like, the devils are afraid of. The whom we're like today, the seas, the donkeys, the fishes, and all the world obey. The one that we're like today, friend, has raised up the dead, who took the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk today, cast out the demons and take out leprosy of their heads. And friend, we find today that's our Lord. The church in Christ is powerful. Powerful. There's no more power. I mean, all atomic bombs put together is less powerful than the church and Christ. Powerful. Powerful. Can I say number two? Subdue it because we have power. We have place. God's placed us here for a time such as this. 2023, February the 12th, the world is headed to hell and all the nations are turning from God. And it seems like the church is full of apostasy. It feels like Christians today are, are discouraged and down and out. But let me just say, he says, listen, you and Christ today have place. You're here for a reason. You have place. You have purpose. Subdue the earth. You have privilege. Subdue the earth. You have position. Subdue the earth. Christ our groom, Christ our head, Christ our captain, Christ our shepherd, Christ our God. There is nothing, nothing that he can't do. And I can say you this, there is nothing that the world today can do to remove us. They can't remove us. There's nothing in the world today to replace us. We'll not be replaced. And there's nothing in the world today that, that they can remake us. You see, they want to put us into chambers. They want to put us into uh, to colleges. They want to put us into buildings. And they want to retrain us. Is that right, Brother Charlie? Yeah. They want to retrain us like they did the, the Babylonian children there in Babylonia, Daniel. They want us to start thinking. Like they're thinking. They want us to know what they know. They want us to have their ideology. They want us to have their religion. They want us to be what they are. Uh, They want us to be copycatters and a cookie cutout. Just like the world today. But I got news for them. The church cannot be remade. Replaced or removed. I'm about to close. Some of y'all already have. Can I say here thirdly, the living in the framework of God. Chapter 2, verse 25, the Bible says, And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Living in the framework of God. That word ashamed means disappointed. You know what? It was natural for them to live that way. They wasn't disappointed. 
It was not natural, but it was normal. And you and I that are to church today, who is married to Christ or the bride of Christ today, it's natural and it's normal and we're not disappointed. Hey, it's nature today. And this is the way God designed it to be. That you and I would live right here, being fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the earth, and subduing it naturally, normally, without disappointment. Now, I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Are you the church? Yes. Are you a helpmeet? Are you a rib? And are you the family? I pray that you are. If you're not, come to me, and we'll show you how to be born again. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I pray this morning that Christians are praying that those who are not saved and born again would become that. And those this morning who are saved, that your sins shall find you out. I pray that you get right with God this morning. I pray you confess your sin, that He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and all your righteousness. Maybe you just want to come and thank God for letting you be part. Being the help me, the rib, and the family. You just want to praise Him. Maybe you want to just brag on His dear darling son this morning. You just want to lift Him up. You might have seen this morning how God orchestrated all of this way back in Genesis. So that's where the church come from. That's where the church come from. There is absolutely no confusing and no doubt. We were here before they were, and we'll be here until Jesus takes us home. Till we see Him in the sky. Either you go by the way of the clouds or by the way of the clods. How about you this morning? Are you sure? without a shadow of a doubt that you know Christ as your Savior. Are you sure? Don't walk out of here 50%, 80%, 90%. Man, you got to be 100% this morning. 100. Jesus, is He the Lord and the Savior of your soul? Some have come. You sing, Brother George. Some have come. Would you come? Would you come? I'm a Christian. I'm born again, but I'm just not right with God. My heart ain't right. I just want to get right. How about you this morning? No better place to be than right here at this time. Come. Just as you are. Just as you are. God heal. Christians are praying. Christians are crying out to God, begging God. God to work in your heart. And work in other hearts. You have your way this morning. You do as you please. Have your will today. You do as you please this morning. Pray right there. You do as you please. Lord, your will be done in my life. You do as you please this morning. You have your way with me. You have your way with me, Lord. I surrender this morning. I surrender. I give up. 
I stop fighting. Stop being stubborn, rebellious. I'm done. I give my heart to Jesus today. I surrender all to Him. I let it go. Enough's enough. If the church started back in Genesis chapter 2, I surely can't fight against that. I surely can't argue against that. I just give up. I give in. And I repent of my sin. And I'll receive Christ as my Savior. I turn. Anybody? Anybody else this morning? There's some have come. Would you come? We'll give them plenty of time to pray and to get with God and speak to the Lord. We're not rushing. Not in a hurry. We want God to work. We want Christ to have His way in our hearts and lives. That's what we want. We won't desire Christ. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. I've been divorced since uh, 2008, and uh, this lady still I'm saying I need to bring, get her back, bring her back. We're both still unmarried. We haven't gone on. We got two kids. Oh, Lord.